Hey, welcome back to Nothing Really. My name is Ryan. Let's talk about guitars. It's a fun thing to talk about. Um, so I just bought this house. Actually, yeah, my wife and I just bought a house a, a couple months ago. And one of the main things that I had to have was a garage because I've never had a garage. One of the main reasons I wanted a garage was so I could actually work on my guitars and do a bunch of cool things to them that I've always wanted to do. So I've been doing that after unpacking and getting stuff out of the garage and you know building the the furniture and all the different shelves and stuff that, that we wanted for the house. <clears throat> and now now I can do stuff that I want to my guitars. So I figured why not talk about some of that today in guitars in general. So I've got a bunch of different guitars here. Well, not not a ton. I've got I've got one, two, three. I guess just three main ones that I play here. Uh, the first one that I have is it's a Fender Stratocaster. It's a 2004, I think. Let me see. Yeah. yeah. So it's a 2004 Mexican Fender Stratocaster. I bought this guitar um, after I started my first job back in high school. Uh, it was the first thing I bought with my paycheck because I had a different Fender Stratocaster that my dad got me as a gift because I had started playing a lot and got really big into it. And I got a really fucking awesome guitar for a Christmas present um, a couple years after I started playing it. And that was an American Strat. It was a three-tone sunburst, had Texas specials in them. And it was it was just a hot guitar. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm from Austin. Or not from Austin. I'm from Texas. I, I live in Austin now, but I'm from Texas. And so I grew up listening to Steve Ray Vaughan and wanting to play like Steve Ray Vaughan. So, of course, I, I wanted a, a three-tone sunburst Fender Strat. Um, I wanted the Texas specials in it, and so my dad got that for me. Um, I was super fortunate to have it, and uh, it got stolen. It got stolen. So after it got stolen from me, I was I, I bought my first drag hash for myself, and this was a. Uh, it, I wanted the Olympic white, but they don't make that for the Mexican strats, so it's kind of it was like that off white, kind of cream colored. <clears throat> and so I had that. All right, that's the one that I have right here. I've had so I've had that for almost twenty years. No, I guess uh, 15, 15 years now. I love it. I've played all the shows that I've played. You know, in high school and college and stuff. I always played with that guitar because it, it could take a beating. I didn't give a fuck if I dropped it or anything. It was just a beat up guitar. So it's it's the main one that I played. And then later, um, after high school, my big high school present from my dad uh, was a was a Les Paul. It's a 2007 Les Paul double cut, and it's it's all black, and it's beautiful. I was going to go into jazz playing. I was going to go to college to, to learn how to play jazz guitar. So I wanted a nice um, jazzy, solid-bodied guitar, and um, we kind of picked this one out and thought it was the coolest one. So uh, it's it's amazing. It sounds like it sounds incredible. Unfortunately, right now, it is um, – <clears throat> damn it. Whew, let me get some water real quick. Hold on. Mm. So it's um it's kind of put off to the side right now because the headstock snapped on it. So I was traveling with it. I flew with it, and they're notorious for 
for the pressure changing, kind of snapping back the angled um, headstock that they have. And so, I yeah, I didn't loosen the tension on my strings. I didn't even think about it. And uh, I flew with it, and then I opened the case, and it was fucking snapped. I couldn't believe it. So um, I just need to clamp it back and get it together. Um, actually, it, so I did fix it originally, and then it just snapped back again because it um, like I kind of slid off of a couch and hit hit some carpet. It wasn't a bad fall, but it was enough, and it hit that sweet spot to where it kind of popped back. So it's fine. It's really not you know that damaged or anything. It just looks, but it's it's a uh, it's kind of put on hold for right now. And then the last guitar that I have is another Fender Stratocaster, and this one's really weird. So when I was in grad school, my professor, he um, he had a lot of really awesome guitars, and he was trying to sell them and get rid of them. So he sold this guitar to me for 150 bucks, super cheap. It's a 1986 Japanese Fender Stratocaster. I think it's got a basswood body, like it's super hard body, and... He said that it was an Eric Clapton model, and I've tried to look it up. I can't find anything about an Eric Clapton model per se. It's got lace sensor pickups in it. Um, it's it almost looks like a. It's got like the the Fender um, Elite pickup system where you've got um, you've got a humbucker split switch in it, and then you've got another switch in it that kind of uh, you can kind of switch around which pickups are on. And um, he he did a ton of random shit to it, so it looks like he has added a lot of different just pieces to it. And so I just kind of like, I just call it a Frankenstein guitar because he just did it all himself. So he stripped all the paint off of it. He said it used to be white. He stripped it. And now it's kind of a dark walnut color underneath it. He stained it, kept the pearl pit guard on it. Um, so it looks ugly as shit right now. Honestly, in my opinion, I need to switch that out. I've had it for fuck, like five years now. I've never switched it out. Cause I've just kept it. And then he didn't like the, um, he didn't like the 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 bridge on it, and so he took that out, filled it in with wood, and then put like just a, a bridge on it so that the strings don't go through the body. They're just right there on top of the top of the guitar. So um, kind of strange. No tremolo system at all. Uh, he hated that, um, and it's got like two sets of straps on it because he liked the straps to be a little lower too. So he had. Two, so it's got four strap knobs on it. So it's really, really fucking strange. But it sounds incredible. Like it sounds like glass. It's in, and so it's my favorite guitar to play. The the neck is pretty wide on it too, um, and so I love it. But back to my my original baby, the the Mexican Stratocaster. I've always wanted it to. Um, I've always wanted to change the color. Again, I really wanted the Olympic white, and that's because my favorite guitar at the time was a an old. Olympic white 1960s. I can't remember what year it was. I think it's 1961 Fender Stratocaster that John Frusciante, the Red Hot Chili Peppers had. And he played on the stadium Arcadium tour back in like the 2007, 2008 tour. A really beat the fuck up guitar. Um, so those all have nitrocellulose finishing on them. So they age a little bit different. They're a lot thinner. So they wear out. They just look all beat up and road worn and everything. So I thought those were beautiful and I wanted one. Um, but I couldn't to try to take this, uh, this more modern paint off is, and it takes a ton of work and it takes a lot of space to be able to spray this paint on, not to mention nitrocellulose paint is extremely toxic and you have to have a lot of, um, room to, to paint these things. So now that I have a garage, I did just that. So I've been, I've spent the past couple of weeks with a fucking chisel, just chiseling off this old white paint. 
and uh, I took it all off and decided that I was going to paint it Fiesta Red instead, which is another guitar that John Frusciante had, this old beat-up um, Fiesta Red Fender Strat. There's a ton out there. John Mayer plays one, too. It's a really famous, just like, um, you know, vintage guitar. Is that, that bright, hot red that kind of ages yellow over time. And so I decided I wanted one of those. <clears throat> so I bought some of that, some nitrocellulose, some old vintage color uh, Fiesta Red nitrocellulose paint from a guy in Texas. And um, I, I put that on it. So I didn't put any primer on it because I kind of wanted to be able to see the grain through it. I wanted it to look kind of faded all the way through, a little bit transparent. So um, you can kind of see it. It's real kind of worn looking and um, it's just beautiful. I, I, it looks great. And it feels so much different when you don't have that thick coating of like almost heavy plastic on the outside. You just have this kind of natural wood. It just feels feels different. Um, there's a lot of guitar players that'll say that you know it breathes different. I don't know about that. I mean, I just I just plug my guitar into an amp, or I actually plug it into my computer now and just run effects to the computer. So I'm not a big tone nerd. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about that. I just play your fucking guitar. But you want to play one that looks cool. So I did that. And I also um, added like a tinted uh, amber lacquer onto the neck so that it looks kind of a dark yellow, kind of like those old Fender guitars. So that looks really good. The pit guard is already pretty old and nasty from the you know, 15 years I've been playing it. So it looks good. And then I replaced the tuners with some vintage tuners. So it just looks kind of like an old guitar, but it's just a $300 Mexican Strat and it sounds awesome. The pickups are still the original uh, Mexican Strat pickups. I've never changed them out because um, I wanted to back in the day when I was like, oh man, I want to you know have a really hot guitar that with some killer pickups. But then I read that the Los Lonely Boys used their standard Mexican strats to re, you know record all of their albums. They did like How Far Is Heaven and all that. And the guitar sound is still killer on those albums. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm keeping the original um, pickups in it. And playing it next to my Japanese strat, which has the lace sensors, the, the, they're a little bit lower output. I love the hot pickups in this Mexican strat. So keeping that all the same. And so I thought I would talk about my top five favorite like most envy guitars that i've ever wanted of all time and these are specific guitars not like um <clears throat> not like a model like oh i've always wanted like an es335 or i've always wanted a, um you know 1959 les paul whatever no i'm talking about like a specific artist's guitar because i've always researched and envied um specific guitar players specific guitars so i was putting this list together and coming up with the different things I wanted to talk about it. And lo and behold, my number five guitar, so number five out of these uh, these top five guitars, I actually saw in person two days ago when I went to go get the vintage tuners for this Mexican Strat. So I went to this guitar center here in Austin, Austin, Texas. And I was purely just going there to get the vintage tuners. And I'm walking down towards the uh, the guitar section just to kind of look at the guitars. And I walk right past this guitar. And it's in a glass case. And I look over at it. And my jaw just kind of dropped. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> no way. And I look over at the guitar people and didn't even say anything. I just kind of looked at them. And they were like, yeah, dude, that's it. That's the one. I was like, no, is it like, is it the real thing or is it one of the ones that Fender made? And they're like, no, dude, that's, that's the original. 
So I just stared at it for about 15 minutes and just thought, because I never thought I would ever see it in person. Um, I've seen Steve Ray Vaughan's other guitar, the number one guitar, which is the one he's most famous for. It's an old Sunburst Strat that's been worn away where it's pretty much all wood. I've seen that a couple times in a museum, but I had never seen, which is my number five guitar on this list, Lenny, which is the guitar that he used to write the song Lenny. It's a 1965 Strat, and it was named after his his wife, Lenora, or went by Lenny. And so they bought it uh, from a pawn shop here in Austin back in 1980. And he wanted, he, the pawn shop was going to offer him 300 bucks for it. And he, could, he didn't have that money at the time, and he really wanted it. So his wife rounded up a bunch of his buddies to each pitch in 50 bucks so that they could, uh, so they could buy this guitar for him for his birthday. So they bought it from the pawn shop, surprised him with it. And that night he wrote, Lenny on it, which is one of his most famous songs, um, as a thank you to his wife for buying that guitar. It's kind of a, um, so it used to be a sunburst strut. And, and ironically, let's see, one, two, three of the guitars on my list here are sunburst strats, just to give you a little heads up. And then one of them, so three of them are sunburst strats, three out of four of, or four out of five of them are sunburst guitars. One of them is a sunburst, a different guitar. But So this one used to be a sunburst Strat, but it was uh, all the paint was stripped off, kind of like I did of mine, and they refinished it with kind of this natural cherry color. You, see, you can see the grain through it. It's kind of got this cherry stain. It's got this really weird um, kind of design that looks like it was taken from an old mandolin that's uh, like an engraved design, uh, kind of an inlay that's at the bridge. <clears throat> and... Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. So like I said, it's 1965 Strat. It's got a uh, maple uh, 1950s mid or mid 1950s maple neck that he got as a gift from Billy Gibbons, who's a guitar player for ZZ Top. So that neck is on the Strat. Um, let's see. On the back of it has Mickey Mantle's signature. Yeah. He was able to meet Man- Mickey Mantle and Mickey Mantle, the baseball player, sign the back of his guitar. So that's on. I saw that the other day. And um, let's see. He used it to play uh, Rivera Paradise uh, or Riviera Paradise, uh, Lenny, and you can see him playing it live every now and then too. Even though usually he played his uh, his 1963 Strat, the, the the what he called number one or his main guitar. Uh, the headstock was cracked and then repaired, kind of glued back. It was it's past the tuners, so just the little circle at the end of it was kind of cracked, and they glued it back together. And so, yeah, Guitar Center bought this guitar uh, from the auction, the same auction that they bought um, Blackie, Eric Clapton's guitar, for just uh, it's over, for over $600,000. And uh, it's now on permanent display at this Guitar Center in Austin right next to my job. So I get to go see it whenever the fuck I want. And I'm so excited. Just a complete coincidence. Complete coincidence that I'm going to get some vintage tuners and I see this guitar for this list. So I thought that was awesome. All right, so that was number five was C. Ray Vaughn's Lenny which I like more than his number one. Number four, much more famous guitar, is B.B. King's Lucille. It's a black guitar. Um, tr- the, so it's kind of this one's I guess, kind of breaks the rules a little bit because he's had every guitar that he's had since um, the first original Gibson L30 Archtop, um, which was an, I think it was like an old, old guitar. Um, every guitar he's had has been named Lucille. So it's not really mentioning any specific guitar. Uh, but the one that I've played before is one of Fender's specific Lucille models, which is an ES355, not 335, but 355. It's all black. It's got gold hardware. Um, the F holes 
that are traditionally in semi-hollow body guitars are absent. They took those away because what BB King used to do is stuff those F holes with rags or tissue paper or whatever, because he thought he gave the guitar too much feedback. And if you've ever listened to BB King, it's a very clean, very clean guitar tone. So he would stuff those holes. So for the, for the custom models, they're gone. Um, but the story goes that back in 1949 in Arkansas, he was playing at a bar. He had his Gibson L30 arch top, this old entry level guitar. I think you could get it for like 30 bucks. And, um, he, the, there was a dance floor, right? And it was cold. So they would get like these, um, trash cans, barrels or whatever. And then they would put a fire in the barrel and they inside the bar and you'd dance around it. Well, two dudes got in a fight and ended up knocking over the, um, the barrel and caught the whole bar on fire. So everyone ran out of the bar except, and BB King, once he got outside the bar, he realized he left his guitar in the bar and he really wanted it. So he ran back into the burning building, grabbed his guitar and pulled it out. And, um, later the next day he heard that the two guys had died in the fight and, uh, they were fighting over a girl named Lucille who worked at the bar. And so he decided to name his guitar Lucille to remind him that he should never do something that stupid again. That's the story. It's a beautiful guitar. It sounds really, uh, really nice. It's one of those guitars that you don't, you don't want to drop. You don't want to bang up. You're real careful with it, but it just sings. I've, I've only played one once, but it was really cool. Number three, this one's a rare one. I would be surprised if anyone that listens to this podcast would know who this is or what this is. But this guitar belongs to one of my favorite artists, Scott H. Byron, who is a one-man band who got his start down in San Marcos, Texas, which is just south of Austin here. And he plays all through Austin. And he likes to play in dive bars across the across the country. So you won't see him in any stadiums. You'll see him at dive bars. And he has a pretty big following. He plays a 1959 ES-125, which is a Gibson ES-125, which is a big old hollow body guitar. It's got a single P90 pickup, so it's super hot pickup. It's got a volume and tone uh, knob, and that's pretty much it. And um, it's loud. It's really loud. And it just, it you can you can tell that unplugged, it's got a nice acoustic tone to it, but plugged in, he just gets it real loud and gnarly. So... Um, if you ever want to look him up again, his name is Scott H. Byram. That's B-I-R-A-M. Um, you could hear the guitar really well on one of his most popular songs called Jack of Diamonds. And again, he's a one-man band. He plays real loud, rowdy, kind of blues music, stomp box. Um, if you ever heard of Shaky Graves, he pretty much ripped off Scott H. Byram. Not ripped him off, but like Scott H. Byram is like the whiskey-soaked version of, uh, of Shaky Graves. So I would definitely check him out. He's good. But that guitar is beautiful. It's nice, beat up. Like I said, it's Sunburst. Um, it's just a big old hollow body guitar. And I've always wanted one. Always wanted one. All right, number two. Uh, this, one's, this one's tricky because number two and number one are pretty much neck to neck here. Um, they're both Sunburst Strats. They're just owned by different people. And they look a little different. So number two is a um let's see i'm just gonna kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna tease you a little bit let's see it's a 1969 strat um it originally had a maple neck on it but then it got switched to a rosewood neck so a darker you know kind of darker neck and then it got switched back to a maple neck which is what it is right now um let's see here it was bought in 1970 so just a year after it was made after this guitar player's entire uh, rig was stolen. 
was bought in New York. It's no longer a sunburst guitar. It's now uh, completely black. And this is, of course, the black guitar owned by David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. So he, um, again, originally had a maple neck on it, and then he took it off and switched it out with a, with a rosewood neck from a different strat that he had had for many years. And uh, if you've seen the guitar, you know, it's really famous. It's all black, black pick guard, uh, white, white pickup covers, and then a nice, like, bright yellow maple neck. Um, but that's not where it looked for most of the time that he had it, at least for the, for the famous stuff that he did. So Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, Animals, those, those big albums in the mid-70s, he actually had a rosewood neck on it that was from one of his older strats. He switched it back out. Um, and I mean, he's done so many random experiments to this guitar. So he thought, but in order to cut some of the noise out, that he'd install an XLR cable output. So like a mic cable output that he put into the guitar so that the output of the guitar was a, was a mic cable. Uh, he took that out and replaced it back with his, his normal guitar cable. Um, let's see. He had a bunch of different pickup switches that he would try. He had a three-way switch and then a five-way switch. He also had like a mini switch that he would use. Um, I, I think his best addition is, it sounds stupid, but he basically cut the tremolo arm, which, um, you know, caused the guitar to give that vibrato sound. He cut that in half because if you've ever seen them, if you've ever used one, you have to kind of reach down. And then when you pull it back up, you're pretty much right at the, the connection of the neck and the guitar when you're using it. And he was like, fuck that. I want to be right next to where I strum the guitar. So he cut it in half. Pretty much cut it in half. And so his is famous for a shortened tremolo arm. It's brilliant. I want to do it to mine too. Unfortunately, I cracked the tremolo arm in my um, in my Strat. So um, the part of the tremolo bar is down in the bridge. And then the rest of it came out. So I can't, I can't put anything in it anymore. But that's all right. Uh, maybe one day I'll replace it. Um, he's about to sell this guitar actually or auction it. Cause he's just, um, he wants to use it for ter- charity. He doesn't really like that. Anything, uh, gains worth like that, but it's a beautiful guitar. And I actually want to do a, um, I want to get a Telecaster and kind of do the David Gilmore look to it. So a nice black Telecaster, black pit guard, bright make bright maple neck. I love playing on a maple neck. I unfortunately don't have any guitars with a maple neck, but I've always wanted one. Um, I used to play this bright red Strat in high school that had a maple neck that belonged to the school and it was awesome um all right number one i want to finish this off pretty quick here i like i want to try to keep these episodes short so my my favorite guitar of all time the one that i've always wanted since i was a kid i was inspired by Severe Avon, but i originally wanted my slumber strat because of john frusciante the red hot chili peppers i've already talked about his other two guitars but his number one guitar his main one he plays is a 1962 three-tone strat if you've ever seen the three-tone strats from like the 70s or in the 60s the early 60s you can really see that that third tone so traditionally uh, a sunburst is is like an amber tan color and a black that the black kind of fades into the amber but a three-tone puts a nice red in between them and if you look at the more modern ones the red is pretty well faded where you don't really see the red that much but these older ones that red pops and it's just beautiful uh, it's really beat up. It's real worn out. I love that look. Uh, let's see here. So he pretty much kept it standard. He bought the guitar. Well, he didn't even buy it. Anthony Kiedis, the singer, bought it for him. Um, he he had a bunch of strats and a bunch of different guitars, Ibanez guitars and stuff, whenever he was originally with the Chili Peppers back in the early 90s, late 80s. Um, but then he quit the band 
and burned down his house while, you know, while high on heroin. And so tragically lost all of his guitars. He survived, thank God. Um, he's a, man, he was a wreck with that, with his heroin addiction. But he, uh, so he needed a guitar. He joined the band and he, he had an old Fender Jaguar, which is a big old guitar, uh, that he, he had always held on to survive the fire, I guess. And, uh, but they didn't think that it would be good enough quality to record. So Anthony Nikitas, you know, volunteers say, Hey, dude, let's, let's just go across. Let's go to Guitar Center and get you a guitar. So they're in Hollywood. They go to the Guitar Center and they find this 1962 Stratocaster and they pretty much keep it stock. Um, at one point, they had to switch out the pickups and there's kind of some debate about what they switched them out with. Some people say that there's some, uh, Seymour Duncan's SL, SSL ones. Kind of a low output pickup. Um, he said multiple times, like, "Oh yeah, I had to switch out my Strat guitars or my Strat pickups with um, with Duncans," and that's kind of what they inferred. But then other people think that they're just standard American Fender pickups. Uh, regardless, um, somewhat low output, and he just gets that sustained by hitting the fuck out of the guitar. He had he uses huge Marshall amps. He he'll throw on distortion, but. Um, most people just know, Hey, he just hits his guitar really hard and he can make that thing sing. So his, his famous sustain is just letting the guitar rip. Um, he loves strats. Like I said, he's got a 1955 strat. Uh, it's a kind of a two-tone sunburst. Like I was talking about just that Brown and Amber. And then he's got the 62 one, which is my favorite. He used the, the 62 strat that I'm talking about all across by the way. So if you've ever listened to the album, by the way, you've heard his guitar. He might have used a White Falcon, a Gretsch White Falcon, a little here and there, but that was more on Californication. He um, he really struck to his '62, stuck to his '62 Strat. Uh, for by the way, I think he had to pick the uh, the tuner switched out at some point too. Um, but for the most part, just a stock, beautiful 1962 Sunburst Fender Strat, and that's my favorite guitar of all time. I mean. It's close between David Gilmore and John Frusciante Strats, man. They just, both of them know how to make it sing. They know how to make it very melodic. Um, they're very versatile guitars. And so, um, as you can tell from my collection and from my list here, I'm a, I'm a huge Strat fan. Um, I'm sure there's some honorable mentions, but uh, I'll just put them on Twitter because, uh, because I, again, I kind of wanted to keep this short. So, thanks for listening. Those are my, I'll just do a little recap here. My top five guitars are a uh, Steve Ray Vaughn's Lenny. B.B. King's Lucille, Scott H. Byram's 1959 ES-125, David Gilmore's The Black Strat, or The Black Guitar, and John Frusciante's 1962 Fender Stratocaster. Alright, man. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll just keep this going. I'll put up some random shit later. But, um, find me on Twitter. It's uh, at underscore nothing really underscore. And just find me there. Uh, again, I appreciate, for, appreciate you for listening. Me.